All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. It's officially a heater for the Edmonton Oilers. A BOA win on Saturday gives them their fourth victory in a row. There is a lot to get to. And oh, by the way, happy Halloween. Let's get into it all with the lead. I maybe wouldn't call that a spooky good performance from the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night, but a win is a win, and this team is winning a lot right now. There are a ton of elements of this game I really want to dig into because it was, in a way, a fascinating victory, and this has really been a fascinating winning streak for the Edmonton Oilers from a handful of different angles. We're going to do all that. Also, Liam's going to stop by. Uh, We're going to do a little NHL-themed trick or treat, so that's how you can play along on today's show in the YouTube chat. We're also live on Twitter and live on Facebook. But if you want your comments and your takes heard and read on the show, you got to throw them into the YouTube chat. Hit the like button when you get to YouTube as well. As always, we are live from the Sports Closet studio asking you the question, who are your biggest treats and who are the biggest tricks in the NHL so far this year? Basically, take a look at who's off to a hot start and let me know, are they legit or not? Is that team a treat or are they just, you know, pulling the wool over eyes? Is it a trick? Um, We're going to get into that. Liam's got a couple of picks. I got a couple of teams and a couple of players I want to talk about as well. But this is Oilers Nation every day, so we're going to start with our Oilers topics. And the Oilers get a 3-2 win down in Calgary in the Saddle Dome. I was there. I was in the building. There were a ton of Oilers fans. Um, We were also at Greta before the game with 20 tickets to give away for the Battle of Alberta. And we, honestly, for a bit, were like, 
man, are there going to be like 20 people coming to this little party we're throwing? Like, are we going to be able to give away all of our tickets? And the nation citizens down in Calgary, you uh, you blew us out of the water. That was unbelievable. I think it was north of 80 people in the draw at Greta for our tickets on Saturday in enemy territory. It was awesome. Met a ton of great Oilers fans when we were down there this weekend. So shout out to everyone that came down and cheered on the Oilers as they beat the Flames. The biggest story for me, Stuart Skinner is this team start is this team starting goalie. That's a fact right now. You need to roll with him until he loses the job. And I said at the beginning of the season, be prepared, just knowing what we knew about Jack Campbell. I said there was going to be a 10 to 12 game run at some point this year where Stuart Skinner is this team's starting goalie. And I said, we can't freak out when it happens. Jack Campbell is not a guy who's going to give you 55 plus games of starter quality hockey. That's never been who he is in his limited time as an NHL starting goalie. He is a very good 1A. I'm not going to back down off that. I'm not going to say they shouldn't have signed him. I'm not going to say he's the backup all season. We're not going that far. But you knew there was going to be a stretch this year where Stuart Skinner, who proved last season he could competently play in the NHL, there was going to be a stretch where he takes over. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be by the end of October. I was thinking, you know, late December, January, February, somewhere in that range. But you got to give credit to Skinner. And if you sit there now and just go, oh, well, you know, we got to get soup going. We got to start playing Campbell. Skinner's still the 1B. I think you're doing a bit of a disservice to this team. Through four games so far this year, Stuart Skinner has a 9.55 save percentage and a 1.59 goals against average. That's remarkable. If you're not starting that guy, you're not prioritizing winning hockey games. So they play three games this week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I believe. I took the schedule off my screen for a second. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Skinner's got to start two of them, and he's got to start the two toughest ones. So I probably go with him. I go with him Tuesday no matter what, because I think you got to reward how well he played in the Battle of Alberta. They don't win that hockey game if it's not for Stuart Skinner. 3-2, he only gives up the two. He made a handful of 10-bell saves, and the biggest one for me was right after the Oilers give up the shorthanded goal to Backland. They're down one nothing. They give up another shorthanded chance. Bang, ASAP. Skinner stands tall. Skinner stops it. That saved the game. If you don't, if Calgary scores that goal and you're down 2 0, I don't think you win. And Skinner made that big stop. He's making timely saves. He's making difficult saves. He's not letting weak ones past him. He's just playing remarkable. So I definitely start him tomorrow against Nashville. I maybe give Campbell the start Thursday against New Jersey. Just again, three games in a week. You probably want every guy playing every week, similar to what the Flames are doing. So I go Skinner, Campbell, and I really don't care what Campbell does on Thursday. Skinner's getting the start in a big game against the Dallas Stars on Saturday afternoon. That's the way we're rolling. That's the way I think the Oilers got to roll. Skinner's your starter until he proves you otherwise. If Campbell gets a shutout Thursday, that's that's good for him. Skinner's the starter. It's simple as that. Um, that was the big debate for me. Uh, the big ta- The biggest takeaway. Caleb says, how many games do you think Skinner takes over this week? Yeah, like I said, I'm, going, I'm giving him two no matter what. And uh, Spice Doyle, did I finally get the fourth S in the Sports Closet studio sign? Yes. Kylie hooked us up the other day. She had an extra one. It's a little bit bolder than the other ones, but that's okay. We do have the final S for Sports Closet studio. Um, It was a long time coming. It was great. I see you all chiming in with your trick or treats. We'll get to those in just a second as well. But there's one other thing I wanted to talk about. 
from this Oilers winning streak. Bob Stoffer put this tweet out the other day, and he highlighted that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel over this four-game winning streak have been split up. In uh, This is according to Natural Statric. The duo has played at five-on-five, five, one minute and 49 seconds together. Over these four games, remember back early in the year, right? They were getting these wins, but they were falling behind early, and Woodcroft was going immediately back to McDavid and Dreisaitl as the duo. Like within the first 10 minutes of these games, back to McDavid and Dreisaitl, back to McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I said, that's a mistake. That's not how you're going to build a sustainable winner over the course of 82 games. My take at the time, and it still is my take now, if you're going to play 82 games and if as soon as you go down one nothing or 2 nothing in any of them, if you're just going to keep throwing back that duo, I, it didn't make sense to me. If that duo gives you the best chance to win, you run them all game. You don't do this flip-flop stuff. You don't practice all week with certain line combinations. And the second you get a, a, an ounce of adversity, you just flip back to McDavid and Drysaddle. I don't think that's how you build a sustainable winner in the NHL. You cannot be a one-line team in today's NHL. I always said, if you have them on separate lines, even though it's tempting, even though having two of the best players in the world out there for 12 or 15 minutes together per game is tempting, I look at it as you need to build a, a you need to build a three-line team if you're going to compete and win the Stanley Cup this year. And if you're going to put McDavid and Drysdale together, you're a one-line team at that point. So they've split them up, and the results speak for themselves. With McDavid and Drysdale together in that minute 49, the shot attempts are 4 nothing. It's largely been like after a penalty kill, I think they have a couple shifts together, and that's about it. When McDavid's on the ice and Drysdale's off the ice, the Oilers are outscoring the opposition 6-3. to three. When Drysaddle's on the ice without McDavid, they're outscoring the opposition 4-2. to two. And when both of them are off the ice, they are outscoring the opposition at 2-1. to one. In every scenario right now, they are outscoring the other team. They are a well-balanced team, and that is because McDavid and Drysaddle are split up. Liam, am I off base at all? No, I, I think this is something we've all kind of agreed upon, is that this team is more dangerous when... Once McDavid comes on the ice, Drysaddle's legs are coming over the bench, and then that's the way it's kind of rolling, right? Like you're more of a yeah. threat when you have the best player on the ice, and then right after the third best player in the world on the ice. And I think it just makes you always a deeper team. And it's something we spoke about in the in the earlier shows too. It's like this is a very deep Oilers organization, and honestly, I think I think having Ryan McLeod kind of buzzing on the third line is helping us out a lot right now. And the fact he's able to contribute shows that it's like okay, well. Now we can kind of have another line and we don't have to stack just this one. And obviously the play of Nugent Hopkins and uh, Zach Hyman as well as has helped them be separated. And four, four wins in a row like is clearly working. Yeah, and I think that Pugliarvi, McLeod, Fogel line is continuing to build in the right direction. When they're on the ice at five on five, the shot attempts are 22 to 18. The score is one to one. The scoring chances are nine to five. So for pretty much every two scoring chances they get, they're only giving up one. That's, that's again, a big, big part of the value of having, again, three solid lines is that you, you've you built now a third line with McLeod driving it, like you said, that isn't just going out and getting caved. For the first time in however many years, the third line, line of this team is not a black hole. And when you look at what they could build ahead of the deadline, I think there's reason to believe you can make this third line even better if you make the right deadline ad. So it's great. The way the forward group is humming along is awesome. Um, really, I think when you look at the top nine, 
the only guy who's struggling, and, and this is a point that Caleb makes in the chat, the only guy that's struggling is probably Yamamoto, who's not scoring on his chances. Mm-hmm. He's not producing a ton of offense. I would consider, like Caleb says, you know, do you move Holloway up? Do you try to reward Holloway or get, I wouldn't even say reward. He picked up his first point. That's great. But he's not in the right spot. I don't think you can keep playing Holloway as a fourth line winger on this team. I think you need to look at flip Evander Kane to the to his off wing, move Holloway up to the second line, give him another look with Dreisaitl, and maybe Yamamoto has to slide down this lineup for a little bit. Yeah, I think that's one way to look at it because it's not like anyone on the third line is deserving right now of falling down to the fourth line. And uh, it's kind of funny because in that game on Saturday, I actually thought Derek Ryan and uh, Devin Shaw made some pretty decent plays when they had the opportunity. And Holloway got that assist on McDavid's goal, which I don't think anyone really would have noticed. He was the last person to touch the puck, but either way, he got it. Uh, Holloway, I think the question now is, is is he... Should he be in the NHL at the moment? Like, I think that's something to consider as we kind of keep moving down the road here. He's yep. not finding his legs that well. I know he had that injury, which set him back a little bit. But I think trying to ignite ignite him on his offense again and putting him in that top six is, is a good thing for him. But maybe, I don't know, what kind of signal does that send to the rest of the team? It's like, well, he hasn't been playing that great. So, but you get a top six opportunity. When that trio, Dreisaitl, Kane, and Yamamoto was on the ice against Calgary together, 12 minutes and 55 seconds, they played more together than any other trio on the team. The shots were 10 to 2 for Calgary. Mm. I'm with you with the Holloway thing. That's kind of where I was getting was give him another look in the top six, and if he can't handle it, send him down, right? If you you think Dylan Holloway brings you value as a fourth-line player, bring him up later in the year. If it's March, April, the playoffs, and you're like, hey, Dylan Holloway is this much better than any other guy we have for that fourth-line role, then yeah, you need that advantage there. And you can have Holloway as a fourth-line guy getting big-game experience late in the season. But for right now, while maybe, yes, Dylan Holloway is better than a Brad Malone, or he's better than going 11-7, and or he's better, Tyler Benson's not healthy, he's better than Matthias Janmark, right? Like, okay, maybe he's, you know, that little bit better right now. I I think there's more value in developing him as a prospect and having him play 20-plus minutes a night in Bakersfield, getting used to the professional game, touching the puck, getting power play time, building up his confidence with the puck on his stick. Um, someone says, smart cowboy, they should give, give Hamblin a shot. Yeah, like, call up James mm-hmm. Hamblin and switch him for Holloway. Like, again, Hamblin is getting to the point where him playing six minutes a night on the fourth line, I don't. you're not trying to develop him into a top six guy. You're trying to develop him into a quality bottom six forward. So bring up Hamblin. But I don't hate the idea of giving one more look to Holloway in the top six because, again, he played so well in training camp. And Yamamoto's struggling right now. I think you need to look at that second line is really the only trio that maybe isn't firing on all cylinders right now. I I think with Holloway, I wonder if he was maybe, I know this doesn't affect his contract, but I wonder if they're waiting for that nine game mark in a sense of like, well, let's just kind of give him that regular nine game audition in the NHL, see how it kind of plays out for him, what he can do, like put him in different ways and then go from there and i wonder too like the tyler benson thing like i think that is maybe an element in this like if tyler benson was healthy would he be in this lineup over 
over Holloway? Like, are they waiting for him to get healthy? Because we saw him in the preseason have a really good preseason as well. And probably earn a spot on this team. He definitely didn't he definitely didn't lose a spot because of his, what he was doing. So I wonder if Benson comes back, that that spot on the fourth line maybe comes a an audition spot for somebody in Bakersfield to maybe come and grab it because right now Holloway hasn't hasn't taken it under his wing. Like when Brad Malone was up here, he didn't grasp it either. And then you mentioned Yanmark, like Hamlin too. But I think overall the biggest concern is yes, Yamamoto just needs to be better in that role. But I think too, like maybe his injury is he isn't fully caught up to everything yet. We're not quite. I don't feel like we're not quite seeing. The Yamamoto we would see off the puck as much as we have seen this season too. Yeah, that's fair. That's your recap for uh, what we saw on the weekend. We'll have more on the line combinations and all this stuff tomorrow on a short for giant game day edition of the show. But for now, let's get into our trick and treat, Liam. It is Halloween mm. night. What's your costume for the year? What are you doing? I'm usually a penguin. I'm typically a penguin oh, yeah. every single year. Uh, it's a classic costume. It's uh, it's come with me for uh, many houses now, so I'm gonna stick with that one. What are you? That goes back to our Nate radio and television days. You were the penguin every year at Nate, I think, too. Every year, I'm like um, I'm like the How I Met Your Mother character Ted, where he's just the same thing every single year, except yeah. I'm a penguin and he's whatever he was. He was the hanging chad. Uh, that's okay, trick was. or treat. Let's get into it. We got some listener ones first before I do. Uh, Randy says, one is Jesper Bratt. He's been on fire, and I think it's to stay. He's looking very good this season and gets overlooked. I love that as a pick. Jesper Bratt, yeah, I'd put him in the category of being an absolute treat. And I'll tell you this, the New Jersey Devils are probably going to regret not going long-term with that guy. They bridge-dealed him after he put up like 70-plus points last year. They gave him the one-year $5.45 million deal. I forget if it was arbitration or not. Um, but now you're going to have a guy who's probably close to a point a game for a second straight season. And I think you're sitting there. He's going to cost you $8, 9000000 million, I think, on a long-term deal, especially with the cap potentially going up. So, yes, for Brat, absolutely a treat for me. The first one I had written down, Liam, was a team. And I see someone disagreeing with me already. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Vegas Golden Knights might damn well be a treat. And they're off to a flying start. They're first in the division. Bruce Cassidy has them playing a very good brand of hockey. And Cassidy is a guy who I think wears on a team after a while, but can get you good immediate results. Logan Thompson has held fairly strong through the first two weeks of the season. 9-4-3 save percentage, 1.69 goals against average. I'm still not sold that he can do that for 55 games in a season. Their goaltending will struggle at some point, but I look at the rest of that team led by Jack Eichel, who is a point a game and just looking really damn good doing it. 35 shots on net. He's averaging three and a half shots a game. He's got a game winner. Seven of his 10 points are at even strength. This guy's legit, and he's a number one center in the NHL, even if people, for whatever reason, don't want to recognize that. I hate to say it, Oilers fans. The Golden Knights are a problem. They're a treat for me. I, I'm kind of with you. You know, that was one of the teams I was looking at. Is I couldn't really decide because, yes, you look at the goaltending and both Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson have 940 save percentages this season. I mean, that's obviously not sustainable throughout, but I wonder if they can just kind of bounce back and forth off each other and just be streaky yeah. together. And, you know, this Vegas team, like like you said, like they have Jack Eichel, Petrangelo's on this team, Shea Theodore. Like they have... 
a ton of talent. Like I think I I'm kind of with you. I think they're I think they're a tree. I think they're a good team this season. Um, the one team. So I'll switch it over to the to the East, and I'm going to stay with the treat, the Buffalo Sabers. I think the Buffalo ah. Sabers are a treat this season. I, you know what? We kind of spoke about it when they came into town and we were looking at their lineup and we were like, this forward group is a lot better than it has been for a while. And I, I think that's going to help them. It's just the kind of the depth they have on every line. Like they don't have that out and out, like superstar in the forward group yet. Like Tage Thompson will get a bulk of the goals. And then on the blue line, like Rasmus Darlene was a first overall pick. And I think he's more than capable of sustaining this good, like form that he's been in to start the season. The, obviously, the biggest question mark is the other blue liners. Like, I'm expecting a little bit more from Owen Power, but let's not forget, like, this is really his first full. This is his first full season in the NHL, and then obviously, like seven games last year. Yeah, goaltending is going to be something. But for like three years straight, we've said Craig Anderson is done, and now here he is with like a one whatever goals against, and I'm yeah, not expecting that all season. But Eric Comrie as well as kind of breaking through. He was a good goalie in, NHL, in the NHL last season. I don't know if they're necessarily a playoff team, but I do think this is one of the most competitive Buffalo Sabres teams we've seen in yep. forever, over a decade. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them down as a treat. Welcome back to relevancy, Buffalo Sabres. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And a big win for my Buffalo Bills last night as well. Uh, for my treat, I'm going to stick with the Sabres. Rasmus Dahlin is here. He has arrived. Mm -hmm. This guy, you know, people laughed at his plus minus for a couple of years and whatnot. But really, his numbers and his offensive production almost got overlooked throughout his career. Rookie season for Rasmus Dahlin, 44 points in 82 games. That's damn good right there. In his rookie season, as an 18-year-old, this guy put up good numbers on a terrible Buffalo team. 40 points in 59 games the next season. That works out to, I'm not great at math, 
but roughly 55 points over an 82 game pace, that Buffalo team sucked. 2020, 2021, 23 points in 56 games. That was a bit of a down year for him. His shooting percentage dropped to right around 4%. But still, you average that out, 40-plus points over an 82-game pace, more or less. The next season, again, bad Buffalo team, 53 points in 80 games. This guy's more or less been a premier offensive producer. And today on the DFO Rundown, that episode isn't going to drop for a few hours, by the way, if people are looking for it. They, you know... Gregor and Frank kind of said he's legit, he's here to stay, but maybe he's not a point of game guy like a Dolly or like a Makar or a Yossi. But damn it, I think he might be. 10 points in eight games to start the year. I just rattled off how much he produced on terrible Buffalo teams. He's clearly taken a step forward this year. That team is much better. That power play looks like it can be good. I think Rasmus Dahlin might hit 80 points this year. He's a treat for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so I, we'll go to the tricks. And now this one I think should be fairly obvious, but the Philadelphia Flyers are a trick. They are, they're not, they're not the third best team in the Metropolitan. That division is way, way too good for Philadelphia to stay that high in the division right now. Carter Hart is basically the reason why they've been doing so well. Was he at like a nine? He's had one game lower than a 930 save percentage, and I believe he's played five or six games. So that's just not sustainable for a team of that level like he's a great goaltender and i think he's gonna have a really good career and he's it it is nice to see him kind of bounce back to be honest after what was a couple of miserable seasons and also they're getting led by kevin hayes right now who has 10 points in eight games well kevin hayes has never had more than 50 points in the nhl and is currently on pace for an 80 point game season and i just don't see anything that's happening in philadelphia right now being sustainable for 82 games so therefore they are my first trick liam i'm not i'm gonna go a step further i'm not gonna just call them a trick these guys are scam artists they're terrible they're not like you can say you're gonna go torts has them playing like a good tough brand of hockey they're just not good Carter Hart is winning these games for them and nothing else. Five on five shots for percentage, 29th in the NHL. Five on five goals for percentage, this team isn't even doing that well. 51%. A team with a winning record like that should be much higher than 51%. They're 16th in the NHL. They're average in penalty kill, average on the power play, and they're just getting an insane run from Carter Hart. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. They were my first trick. My second trick that I had is Valeri Nashushkin in Colorado. Yes, great start to the year. He scored seven goals in seven games. I still think they overpaid him. I still think he's just basically, oh, not, I don't think, I know, I'm looking at it. Six of his 12 points are on the power play. He's fine. He'll never be a $6 million guy for an entire season. I think that contract will age poorly. And I just, I don't know, I don't see him as an upper echelon top line player in, in today's NHL. You've been on the Nichushkin train for a while. You've been saying this for, I've never liked them. Before, this, before the season even started. Do we have time for one more yep. trick? Yep, go. Uh, Last trick. The Toronto Maple Leafs. They are not this bad of a team. They are not this bad of a team. Austin Matthews literally has two goals this season. Like, uh, Samsonov has 920 save percentage. Like, he's actually playing really well. Like, this team is very similar to what has been good the last few years in Toronto. So, I'm just fully expecting them not to go on a lose to the Anaheim Ducks again later this season or the Arizona Coyotes. They're going to be a much better team, which a lot of people might not like hearing, but they're my second trick. 
So they're a trick in terms of their early season play is fooling us a little bit from how good they can really be. Yeah. So a bit of a, a bit yeah. of an opposite one there. I think Austin Matthews leads the. I think he leads the league in individual scoring chances per sixty minutes. Like he's gonna start scoring yeah. and he's gonna carry that team at some point. The only question is, is it gonna take a coaching change for them to wake up? Uh, maybe, maybe it will. And uh, I don't know if Sheldon Keefe is necessarily going to deserve that. Like, he's it's a talented enough yeah. team that you shouldn't be on on four-game losing streaks and putting it on the officials. But yeah. there's a lot of other teams in the NHL right now that aren't doing well too. So maybe Toronto will just kind of hold out. Quickly, the team I'm on the fence about, I do not know if they are a trick or a treat, the Winnipeg Jets. I just, I don't know. I think they have a tendency when the wheels fall off in that locker room, they spiral hard, but damn it, they've looked good. On paper, Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Nick Ehlers, Cole Perfetti's look great. Like their top six is good. Their blue line is fine. It's serviceable. And with Hellebuck, they can look really good in terms of like blue line preventing chances, preventing goals against all of that. I, I can't tell on the Jets. I think things might get ugly there. I could see them going on a nasty like, one and nine run at some point and maybe that sinks them but for now like they've looked really good yeah they're they're a streaky team but like you said like they've got a ton of talent i do like rick bonus as a coach i think he kind of brings that defensiveness more to a team which i think yep. could help winnipeg a little bit and plus connor hellebuck is a game breaker so yeah like i don't know i could see them as a playoff team but also if they miss drastically that wouldn't shock me at all yeah uh, let's continue the Halloween theme here and take a look at how some of our uh, Edmonton Oilers players dressed up. I think the team had their big Halloween party the other day. I can see we got some images queued up and whatnot. Here is uh, the trio of best friends. If you don't know this, uh, Fogel, McLeod, Bouchard, Yamamoto's usually in that group too. The three, four of them, they're like basically inseparable. Uh, but they went as a six-pack of Corona, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, I think we got the Pugliarvi one up here as well. Uh, he might have won. Oh, here's McDavid as Tony Montana. That one was good as well. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, whatever. It's, it's that one's a kind of a bit of a just average Halloween costume. Um, do we have the Pugliarvi one? That is the showstopper. <laughs> yes, this is the best one in like all of hockey Twitter. Like, the fact that one, it would have made it would have been easier slash made more sense for him to be the fish. Like, that element of it is hilarious. His girlfriend being in a bag is so funny. Pugliarvi with all that gear on and, like, his goofy-looking smile and his big head. Like, this whole thing is 10 out of 10. He knocks it out of the park. That is it's an all-timer. Like, I just, yeah. I'm looking forward to what he does next year because I feel like every time Halloween comes around, Pugliarvi just, it's, it's his time of year. He loves spooky yeah. season. <laughs> he is a spooky season kind of guy. Maybe he uh, is fired up from the Halloween party and getting a dress up. Maybe he has a big game against uh, Nashville. I see the chat. Everyone loves it. Everyone's loving JP's costume. He's absolutely killing it. Uh, okay, we are running out of time here, so let's quickly get to our Betway uh, wrap-up here. Liam, small slate tonight in the NHL. Just three games. Yes. What do you like? I'm, I'm just sticking in one game. I'm going uh, with the Buffalo and Detroit matchup. And I'm going with the over at six and a half. And then also the Rasmus Darling shot prop at two and a half. Like he said it in his last back-to-back -back games. And we just spoke about how good Rasmus Darling has been all season. It's even money. So it seems like a couple of good ones. Like both these goalies, like 
We spoke about Buffalo, and yes, they have a good offense, but defensively, they're allowing a lot of goals, and Eric Homry has only allowed less than three goals, and he's expected to start in one game, which, of course, was against the Edmonton Oilers, where he stood like a brick wall. So these are the two plays I like tonight. Hopefully, we can take last week's good performances into this week and keep the good times rolling. Uh, for me, first off, I killed my NFL bets again, went 2-1, and one, nailed the digs, nailed the eagles, just missed on my teaser because of uh, the Giants, and they, they just just about covered it on the back door there. Uh, but I'm up 5.1 units on the year with my NFL bets on this show, which I'm very proud of. Uh, for hockey tonight, uh, Detroit-Buffalo, I am going into that game. I'm taking Kubelik shot prop. The Sabres bleed shots against Kubelik's hit this in three of his last five. That's a great spot. And then I'm also going to... Uh, oh, what was my other play? How am I forgetting this right now? I, I give him out every day on Daily Faceoff Live. Oh, uh, Braden Chen assist. He's got seven in seven games. They're, play, they're favorites again tonight, so they should be able to score. Shout out to our friends at Betway. Liam's got his two plays. I'm going Kuba League shots and Braden Chen apple. All courtesy of our friends at Betway 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Not enough time to dig into the chat today, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry for that. We'll be better on that tomorrow. But uh, I see there's almost a, almost a hundred of you in the in 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 the YouTube chat today. Yeah, Al okay. Alex is, Alex says we have a little bit of time, so let's dig into a few more comments in the chat here. Connor says we deserve a gold medal for today's show. Um, I think we just deserve some extra Halloween candy tonight, Liam. What's your go-to? What's your go-to for Halloween candy? I, I like like the the soft candy, like the Swedish fish kind of things. I know a lot of people don't like those, which is good because it means I get extra Swedish fish. So I like those. I'm not really a chocolate guy. So I any of the any of like the guy either. Like I don't, I don't mind like a Twix bar. Maybe is like what I would go with if I had to pick. But I'm with you. I'm like a Sour Patch Kids and that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. We got some takes in here on our trick or treat. Smart Cowboy says Dallas is a treat. New Jersey is a trick. Jersey's goaltending is what makes me think like ah, maybe they're not actually this good. But I generally like the makeup of that team. Andre Palat's banged up right now, so like maybe he get when he gets back in, they get another boost from that. I didn't think Dallas would be that good this year, but I'm actually pretty surprised with how good they look under Pete DeBoer. He seems to be again one of those guys who his first year on the job he always gets the most out of his groups. But Jake Ottinger week to week is the injury news we got today. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. That that might hurt them a lot because Scott Wedgwood's fine, but if you got to go like three weeks without Ottinger, that could hurt them. Uh, Caleb says, no offense, but Vegas has faced one good team so far. And I that's fair. Like right now, I, you can only beat who's in front of you. They've looked good in their wins, but, you know, strength of schedule can, can be very deceptive early this season. So I, uh, I, I like that point from Caleb a lot. Steve is talking about Steven is talking about the Jets says they have Sammy G instant cup contender Rusty says Jets are a trick they don't have the chemistry to keep up the good play and that's why I'm torn on them is because there was so much drama around the team this offseason that I just think if things spiral a little they're gonna spiral a lot um, Kyler says full-size bar guy yeah, ski bum Kit Kat solos spiced oils ready for the discount candy tomorrow I love that Rusty says Vegas is a trick. They cannot rely on this goaltending. And that's the thing about goaltending. Like, they can look early in the year, look good early in the year. But there's dog days in a season where a young goalie who's just not used to this kind of schedule can get exposed. And that's what I I think there's a chance that happens with Vegas. But I still think that team is good enough to make the playoffs. And I wasn't saying that early in the year. So that's why at the end of the day, I went with the treat. Um, McKay says pasta is a treat. He is legit. He might score 100 points in a contract year. 
what Liam, let's quickly, David Pasternak, we'll go for one more minute here. He might get $11, $12 million a year this offseason. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's not like he's a one-trick wonder either. Like, this is a guy that's produced for a long time in the NHL, and especially this season, it's kind of crazy to see how well he's done. Like, we, yeah. we all rid, rid off Boston because of the injuries that they'd had, and he's just been like, okay, well, I'll just prove to everyone that I am one of the best players in the league, and he's he's very underappreciated for how good he actually is, and we should probably probably talk about him a lot more to be honest and he's a good personality too like it's like when they did that outdoor game and he wore that um what was he the barbie girl and he had like the the pit vipers and stuff like that like he's he's a guy nhl should probably build around as well for all that kind of stuff i would love to see him one leave boston and go to somewhere like i talked about it last week but like seattle's got money man and like that team adding a superstar like that, I think would be really, really interesting. Uh, okay, that's going to be a wrap for today's show. As always, live from the Sports Closet Studio, our items of the week. We got this beautiful Zach Hyman, third jersey. It's the new ones too, the new Adidas style. We got this beautiful vintage looking hoodie, the black snapback. We also have a brown snapback, but I keep that one for myself. Uh, tomorrow, it's a short for giant edition uh, or game day edition of the show. So we'll be back with Jay and with more. And we hope to see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for commenting on the YouTube. Have a good Monday. We will talk tomorrow. 